Hello and welcome to Bat Minute 89, the podcast where we analyse Tim Burton's 1989... Whoa, 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 Bat Minute, yeah, that's our show. No, no, we, uh, no, man, it's it's diff- different show, different show this time. What? Uh, oh, wait, this is Die Hard Minute. Yeah, we've been lumped in. We've been lumped in. Oh the, God, I damn it! Lumped in. We were very, um, we were very charmed and honoured. Ah, oh, fine. Change the tape. Hello, meine Damen und Herren, und willkommen in der Stirb langsam Minute. Uh, I'm going to drop this terrible German voice now. Uh, yes, welcome to Die Hard Minutes. Uh, I am one of your guest hosts for this week. I am John Parker of Bat Minute 89. And I am uh, the other guest host for this week, Niall McGowan, also of Bat Minute 89 from Whence We Hailed. So, well, who, Who'd have thunk it? Both of us from the same show. Uh, I didn't know you were going to be here, to be honest. <laughs> well, I wasn't supposed to be then. I just kicked in the door when I heard, like, you're doing <laughs> Die Hard. What the hell? I was trying to get rid of this guy. Jesus. <laughs> that would have been an interesting idea had they done, like, for just mix and match the hosts from other shows. So, like, it could have been, like, you know, me with, you know, George from Ogwai Minutes or something. Oh. Or, like, with hilarious consequences. It's like, one of, them's, <laughs> one of them likes his cereal with milk. The other doesn't like cereal at all. <laughs> oh. But yeah. anyway, yeah. die hard minute. Welcome to minute 21 of one of the greatest action movies of all time. The minute starts with the criminal's plan kicking into high gear, and it ends with one of the most German men in history wielding his powerful tool. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he is, like, which, uh, we can't, uh, we'll get to it when we get to him, but, like, I can't help but feel that he was cast for very specific reasons. <laughs> uh, yes. As we begin... We see the guy from the uh, previous minute there manning the main desk and putting on the jacket. Yeah, yeah. Getting into disguise. He's, he's lucky that it's vaguely the right size, to be honest. Because I'd love to see this scene, but the jacket is like huge, like David Byrne. <laughs> or or tiny. But would that be like Indiana Jones, though? That's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, we get him and then like, he has like a, they could have had him in like a more of like a bellhop kind of outfit with like a little fez and stuff on top. <laughs> he just like looked really ridiculous with like this huge shirt collar. <laughs> And, like, the, the cuffs poking out the bottom. It does always seem a bit too convenient in these movies that it, it at least sort of fits. But, you know, I can go with it. Maybe maybe they eyed the guy up the day before and picked the right one of them who would fit into his clothes. Mm-hmm. Mm. But, like, uh, that, this guy, of course, we're talking about who's probably been identified in minutes previous to this, but that is uh, Eddie, the, mm. the, you know, Eddie the terrorist, I guess we'll have to call him. <laughs> Eddie Terra. Yeah, <laughs> that's good, good. Not actually a bad name. <laughs> yeah, he's played by uh, Dennis Hayden, who's a man who apparently is noted for just looking like Huey Lewis. But uh, I don't even think he oh, looks okay. all that much like him. But uh, to, to be honest, I don't see it. I don't see it. No. Any excuse to reference him is good with me. Yeah, the thing <laughs> is, if you Google him, it literally comes up. Like The first thing is like, is, is Huey Lewis in Die Hard? <laughs> it's like, he doesn't look anything <laughs> like him. But uh, well, I he guess he looks bloody the... well should be in Die Hard. Yeah, could only have improved this uh, terrible, terrible film. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? That's genuinely <laughs> insulted me. Even though it's a joke, mm. I can't even bear to consider that. <laughs> Dennis Hayden knows, like I'm sure, like again, people have probably gone through what he's been in. But I was most excited to see that uh, he's in Wishmaster. 
Oh. It's not classic, but it's Wishmaster's good fun. If a lot of people might remember, Wishmaster was a series of films from the late 90s through early 2000s in which, you know, there was a gem that had an evil djinn inside, which was like a genie. And How like, original. Yeah, and he had like, he did the, the old business of, you know, you'd make a wish, but then he, oh, you'd get whatever you desire. <laughs> but it would always be, it would be a monkey's paw situation where like, the wish would always have a twist in it and... Like, oh, it, it, there's, there's one, I was disappointed to find out it's not who De- Dennis Hayden is playing, because he's marked down as playing as, 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 a, as a guard. But, uh, and I remember there's a bit in Wishmaster with, it's actually, I think it's Kane Hodder who plays Jason in, like, the Friday the 13th films, where, like, he's, he's preventing the genie, who's disguised as a normal human being, uh, from going in somewhere, and he's just like, oh, you're going to have to get through me, buddy, I wish you'd try. And then the the genie's just like, uh, as you wish. And he turns him into like a glass door. And it's like, uh And you see like it's just kind of like, he's just squeezed in between the two panes of glass. And he just looks in agony and stuff. And then because it was 98, he smashes and all these CGI bits fly out towards the screen because they thought that was cool back then. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that hasn't dated in the slightest. Oh, no, it looks seamless. Absolutely seamless. <laughs> That makes me think of Event Horizon when things are flying at the screen. Yeah, uh, it's it's near the same the start. Wheel, wheelhouse, although I think <laughs> I would say Event Horizon is about the same level of quality, actually, is because they're both not terrible, but they're not amazing either. They're, oh, they're both well worth watching if, you, if you're into that kind of thing. So. You're talking to a huge Event Horizon fan, but you're also talking to a huge Die Hard fan. Yeah. <laughs> would you consider yourself a Die Hard, Die Hard fan? Oh, how how did I not make that joke? I bet everyone else hosting this show has made that joke 50 oh, yeah. times. As the, the audience but members are just like, why the hell do people keep making that joke? <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> they'll be sick of it. Like, Well, they're probably sick of it long ago. But, mm. yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Well, we also see, of course, uh, Alan Rickman's character. Can we call him Hans Gruber yet? Do we know his name? Well, tough. Spoiler, he's called Hans Gruber. Yeah, I guess we're going to have to just go and like, well, everyone knows. If you're listening to this, you know fine rightly who <laughs> yeah. he is. But yeah, and, uh, we get Hans like coming over and like looking at the scoping out the the area outside from the from the window here. And I, I do have to say, like in my life, whenever I've had to, you know, been looking out for somebody who's coming to you know get, give you a lift or anything like that, or like just waiting for anybody in general. There's like amount of times I've like been looking out and thinking of uh, Alan Rickman's fine, you know, uh, British features. <laughs> the uh, emotionless face and just the sort of eyes going and the, the head tilting from side side to side so and stuff. Do you feel that you look like him then when you're waiting for people at the window, pe- peeking know. out the curtains? Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm channeling him, but I don't uh, <laughs> don't look as handsome as Alan Rickman, but he's not particularly <laughs> handsome man. Well, I don't know, you said fine so. British features. Yeah. And my, my partner, Lauren, yeah. her dad looks remarkably like Alan Rickman. Like it's the it's the spitting image of him. It's creepy. This is the thing I can back up because there's been times I've met him. I'm like, holy <laughs> crap! You know, it's like it, um, <laughs> the, the resemblance is remarkable. There. Yeah, he, he looks so much like him. And once he did dress as Snape, and that that just blew my mind. I was freaking out. Does he, has he ever tried to go for the the Gruber beard? Because that's a fine, it's a fine beard. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it become so synonymous. With his villainous parts, because you think Alan Rickman with a beard, you think Hans, you think the yeah. sheriff of Nottingham. Is he just like, no, it's it's a it's a you know, uh, if I want to go get other parts, I have to well to shave. You know, if Star Trek taught us anything, a beard is evil. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I, um, I was going to I was going to call <laughs> but, him Alan uh, Rickman there. Hans Gruber 
Of course, when he approaches that door there, he places a mysterious device on it. Uh, what could it possibly do? Oh, my God. That My thoughts are racing. It could be anything. But it just appears to seal the door shut. Um, now, is it some kind of yeah. main key that, like, locks up at night? I think it's just, this is just, like, what was in 88 considered, like, the height of technology. And just, like, much like, you know, earlier the McL- you know, McLean having to do the touchpad... Uh, uh, yeah. You know, thing to find, uh, find Holly. Like back, I mean, even a couple of years back. Like I can remember watching that, and like, whoa, whoa, what kind of crazy sci-fi is this? And then like now, it's like, yeah, that's everywhere and everything. And it still, still doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. It's, you still <laughs> have to jab it the way he has to jab it. <laughs> but um, I think it's still like that. That what what Hans has there is just a simple key card. But like back in '88, it's like, oh my god, it's so high tech and fancy. <laughs> that's what i thought like because when you first see it you're like oh it could be anything and it, it's just like a key but so i'm assuming this is the key they've taken off the guy at the main desk that maybe they lock up with at night because my initial thought was like well why isn't it already locked it is night yeah but then i was like oh wait a minute though they're upstairs having a party that makes sense <laughs> so it all ties in i think he does throw it over to eddie who then seems to sort of fit it into his into his jacket doesn't he so it's like it's a thing that he has to to have that, you know. So, but uh, there's one thing like I wanted to bring up as well because like we see over, you know, the, even the, the the front desk is shaped like it. It's all over the front uh, windows is the the Nakatomi symbol. Oh yeah. And like I was wondering, do you think it? I'm assuming it's supposed to look like, you know, the building from above. Like it's got that the weird kind of you know, jagged outline, and then there's like three circles in the middle. And I'm assuming that's what it's supposed to be evoking. But to, to me, I was thinking, I was wondering if it's... Because we went over the film set at Christmas. And it, it kind of vaguely reminds me with the three little dots. It reminds me of Christmas Holly. Like, you know, the little drawings of Holly you'd see would have like the three berries oh, and then the okay. leaves. And then it's like, oh, well, this is where McLean, McLean's wife Holly works. So it's kind of like, oh, it's, it's, it's folding all these things in together. That's a hell of a lot of coincidences, though. <laughs> it could be when they're designing it. It was just like, well, it has to look like something. So let's go for something Christmassy that also kind of ties into other things in the film and stuff. But ah, well, yeah, I'd not thought about that. I, I did assume it was kind of the shape of the building. Didn't know what the hell those dots were meant to be. But it also does weirdly look like a spaceship in a game I had on the Atari ST. So I'm also <laughs> going to assume assume there's some kind of tie in there. Yeah. Oh, you can never know. You could come to a guy and he's just like, "Yeah, that was it was entirely based on the, the, the aliens on that in that game." Well, the the Nakatomi clan is a, a Japanese aristocratic sort of a clan, so maybe that is like sort of based on their symbol. I'm not actually uh, sure if they if they had a symbol. I imagine they did. Like you know, over here we had uh, seals and things. Oh yeah. Of course, in the old old school. Game of Thrones style, we have your little yeah. your house sigil and whatnot. But uh, I've always wanted that. Maybe I'll just rip off the Nakatomi one. There you go, done. <laughs> I think if it's announced it on air now, so everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, this, what the hell? You can't do that." Yeah, you trademarked it now. You can't. You can't do that. <laughs> but uh, um, anyway, so yeah, he does. He throws over the you know what we're assuming is the key card back over to Eddie, and it's, it just like it is a kind of really, it's it's a small thing. But because it's so seamless and cool, because he just throws it over, and he catches it, and then he puts it, put, you know, fits it in, and he sits down. 
And it's like, it's really evoking the fact that everything that these people are doing is like running like clockwork. It's just, everything's perfect. And so, oh yeah, they've planned this for ages. You, you can tell. Yeah, there's like no time wasted to walk over and hand it to him. It's like, no, I throw it to him and then I storm off and go and look cool elsewhere, you know? So. <laughs> well, he does look pretty cool. I mean, Gruber swans off there with a, with another member of his team. And they're, they're, they're quite a motley crew, these guys. They're all very different. Get the action figures, collect them all. <laughs> okay, so have him and then uh, we'll get into like the rest of the... The you know the, the the various members of the the Gruber collective um, in a bit the Grubers and the yeah and the in the, the later later minutes uh, this week but uh, Hang on, what about what about Gruber's Grubs hey there you go <laughs> right I think it's like the day the day pitched this though and like the or he pitched this is like let fellas what I I think we should really call ourselves the the Gruber's Grubs and then it's like and Carl just shoots him like that Carl look of like. Ugh. He's like, all right. Uh, <laughs> well, well, he couldn't. He couldn't give him a nine, you know, because you can't insult Hans. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but, you know, to be fair, the car later on, he just outright flipping defies Hans <laughs> you know, several times. But uh, he's had enough by that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I don't think like I, think we, I don't think I don't think it's part of our ma- mandate to talk about the the relationship between Hans and Carl, but it does seem like mm-hmm. it's it's. You know, he's got Carl in because he's the best at what he does, but it's like this guy might not necessarily listen to everything that Hans has got to say. Like he's going to be very much like, "I'm here because I want to be here, and you're my boss." I'm like, "Yeah, you've set this all up, but like, and I'll follow what you're saying, but if I think otherwise, screw you." You know, like that kind of like. <laughs> yeah. We have him, and then we have Theo, oh. who, who featured more heavily in the minute before, but that was the report on Theo because he seems to be more of like a, a stage actor. The uh, the fellow who plays him. So. Are you belittling his career? No, then? not at all. It's just more like if you go on his IMDb, <laughs> it's just like no, nah, he's not in much. So it's well, clearly you're not part of the stage actors database. Yeah, yeah. but he's not. He's not in Wishmaster. So yeah, the hell with him. Oh. <laughs> Every time you say Wishmaster, I keep thinking of Puppet Master with Greg Sestero. I say with Greg Sestero, he's in one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Puppet Master Nine with Greg Sestero. <laughs> Nineteen, perhaps. <laughs> But yes, we now we see an exceptionally blonde and exceptionally geeky-looking man in glasses uh, come into a hallway and say what I hear as links, which is left in uh, in German. Oh, so he's, he's I thought he was like looking for like deodorant or something. Like he was just <laughs> said links. No, it's not the uh, links. No. <laughs> well, unfortunately for our American listeners, it's called Axe in America. Oh, <laughs> Axe wouldn't quite work the same. But no, he's saying links. If you were to look at this man, like, what age would you think that he is? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Now, it's the 80s. It's the 80s. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I'm allowed to steal catchphrases, right? That's my whole <laughs> shtick. Um, so, yeah, it's the 80s. People always look completely different ages to what they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming the character, he's, he's maybe 28. Oh man, because I was really hoping you're going to be off. Yeah, he's he's supposed to be 27, and like he's <laughs> oh. he, like apparently the actor who plays him, uh, Andreas Wisniewski. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, you are not, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Wisniewski. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, apparently he was like 28 at the time. But to me, like, as, hey. that, that looks like a guy. Like, oh, he's like what 38. It, it looks like he's. I, I, I don't know if it's me because I just recently turned 30 and I've still got that kind of. 
mentality of like, oh, I'm still a young fella. Like I'm still, I'm still a growing boy. And it's kind of like, that looks like a man. And then it's like, this guy is now younger than me. And it's like, that's messed up, you know, but it is weird. It freaks me out all the time. It really upsets me mm. sometimes. One of the bars I have for like stuff started, I, I did it all my life. I remember when I was a very young child and knowing that Bart Simpson was supposed to be 10 and I wasn't 10 yet. I mean, like someday I'm going to be Bart Simpson's age. And then it's been like going from there of like, oh, you know, the, the cast and Buffy. And then it became like, oh, the, the cast of Friends are 26. I'm going to be 26 soon. And now I'm way past. Like I'm in the the era when Friends started to turn bad. You know, like that kind of, that's the age <laughs> I'm at. And the other, the one now is looming in the future. It's like I had to look it up. It's like, what age was uh, Bruce Willis when he was in Die Hard? Because like if, oh God. if you're that age, like you are a full, you're supposed to be. A man, like a full grown adult. Man's man. Yeah, God, you got. You know, I've already, I've already far exceeded him in going bald at that point. Because like, <laughs> and like, it just, you know, you just need to be like hairy, and you're a tough drinker, and your 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 marriage is on the rocks, and you know, like things like that. <laughs> I was like, I'm not any you know, of those shoes. Yeah, it's like I'm not any of these things. I'm nowhere near manly enough to be like Bruce Wayne. So it's. Uh, I don't think Bruce manly Wayne, men. Bruce Willis. Sorry, God. <laughs> We're leaving that in. <laughs> I don't think manly men host minute podcasts, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think that's a done thing. We're supposed to uh, go and sit in our shed, sort out our toolbox, uh, change fuses, you know, things like that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you can't argue with that. But looking at this guy as well, he was he was born to play a Hollywood German, mm. wasn't he? Like, there's no other part this guy's going to play well, in Hollywood. Yeah, looking into the other parts, he's born, he's played Nikros. In the living daylights. So, yeah. <laughs> this is a man who is born to play at least villains, for one thing. And if it's a German yeah. villain, all the better, you know? So. <laughs> but again, he's, uh, as I say, he was saying links as he turned left. So he's, he's reciting which direction he wants to go. Because as you can hear, he says left, right, left, before he even gets there. So he's clearly doing this from memory. He's maybe in the planning stages, he's been going through a blueprint, looking at some floor plans, mm. getting it all down in his head. I can imagine it was more, it was Hans who was like, I've done it for you. Take these directions. And all you have to remember is this like left, right, two lefts and a right, you know, that kind of thing. And well, time's of the essence. They've got to move. Mm. This operation is like clockwork. I know it's only just come in, but you can tell already. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. I suppose we kind of alluded to it, but should mention that this character is uh, Tony Vereski, who, of course, is the brother of Carl, who is Hans's right-hand man, as you will find out as if you watch the rest of the film and potentially listen to the rest of these podcasts. Which you should do. Listen to them all. But, uh, all great hosts. Yeah, but uh, the only thing really notable about Tony, beyond what happens to him later, is uh, that um, he's named after, in the book, Nothing Lasts Forever. Hans Gruber is actually called uh, Anton Little Tony the Red Gruber. And it seems as, what? as if... What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it seems as if like this is... They've named this character, so Tony, after Anton Little Tony Gruber. So it's like, Wait, li- little Tony, yeah, li- little Tony. This sounds like a mobster. I think, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it, it's a, it's a wise decision that they changed that. I think it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a terrible, terrible name. But uh, 
I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that he could take over this building in five seconds flat. No, no. I don't, I don't know as well because they had to go for the most German name imaginable. Then it's like, little, little Tony doesn't sound German. They're going to have to call him something else. <laughs> well, like, what's yeah, the most Hans? Uh, Hans. There you go. That's a German name. <laughs> I will also note as well as a little plug for our own show. This weekend, we have a character called Anton coming up on our own show who may oh. be getting a little hot under the collar. <laughs> oh. So, nice reference. <laughs> yeah. Batman at 89. <laughs> so. <laughs> and then here, as he, as he goes down the stairs, he does a totally unnecessary but awesome slide while holding onto the sides there. And when I was a kid, like, I would do this all the time, constantly thinking I looked like a badass or something because I was, I was trying to do that. I was trying to be him. <laughs> See, I never did it. And it was also because I was just a bit of a, I was a bit scared because I was, as well as because I didn't like anything where I could potentially get hurt. And and sliding down banisters was like, well, you're just going to go flying off, falling off. And that's because I frequently saw kids in our school who did it and fell off and busted the head open. So I was like, I'm not touching that. So, To be fair, I did once really hurt my leg. So you, you are onto something. But I think you are being overly cautious as well. I mean, you know, you do have the allergies, though. You know, the allergies. Yeah. Uh, hey, but I tell you, thirty years old, never broken a bone. So, yeah, more than I can say. I've broken. How God, how many times have I broken? Six. <laughs> Six. <laughs> to be fair, four of them are the same bone, and then another two of them are this, a different same bone. <laughs> Welcome to John's Bone Minute. Uh, we can go through each bone. Um, that, that, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's your. Uh, We're not going to talk about. We ain't talking about my bone at all. <laughs> that's uh, John's uh, private after dark <laughs> podcast. So, hell, God, baby, damn, no. Is it after just throwing a little uh, Twin Peaks reference there as well? Just, just why not? Let's let's go for it. <laughs> Got to get it in. Got to get it in. Which also sounds terrible with the bone thing. We need to move on. Yes. <laughs> so he, he keeps walking down the corridor and uh, does a little hop over the railing, which is another thing I would constantly do because I thought I was some cool kid, whereas I, I was actually short and fat. So it <laughs> didn't look quite as, uh, as slick and effortless as this guy. But, you know, I'd give it a shot. Uh, this guy gave nerdy dweebs like me hope. That we could be cool. Like, we wanted to be this guy. Because he's, he's clearly a bit techy. He's nerdy. He's got the glasses on, which was the symbol in the 80s. Oh, yeah. You know. But he, he, he's awesome. Yeah. We do see that he is, in fact, you know, there's a bit of evidence of his techy prowess. He is the guy sent to take out, because we, as we see him approach here, we see the sign Pacific Bell Employees Only, which reference to, of course, Pacific Bell Phone Lines, the big phone company in America. Which is indicating that he's about to cut the phone lines. Right. Well, I had to look that up to see if it was real. Because, of course, we don't have them over here. No, no. So I thought, oh, have they, have they made it up for the movie? No, it's real. Which, which I imagine then is to indicate to the audience immediately what he's doing. Mm. I think it's, uh, yeah, in America, that'd be like, oh, it's instantly. Whereas over here, like, you'd have this sort of like, once the phone lines go, you realize, oh, that's what he's doing. But, <laughs> of course, because he has... Oh, well, actually, we'll talk about that in the upcoming minutes because it's a real character moment between what the differences between him and Carl as brothers, mm. what you see in both their methods in dealing with this, which we'll get. We'll save it. We'll save that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I have to say, he takes out the little um, hand saw here. And uh, I have to say, as soon as he revs it, that sound effect instantly brings me to Robocop. Like when they're oh, like any any like that whole business of like when they're you know first fitting on the visor and you see everything from his POV and you hear the sound like 
it's, just, it's an <laughs> instant thing. Not. Yeah, but it's an instant like, yep, that, that's RoboCop to me. It's like that's an instant thing. But well, now that's all I'm gonna hear. Damn it! So yeah, he saws off the cover with the little saw there. I don't, I don't know what you call that tool. As we established, we are not manly men. Man, 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 manly men. Bring the um, two and a half men theme tune into my. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you never thought that. I've never even watched the show. I yeah, I'm, that's why I'm shocked. It's like, how the hell do you even know that theme tune? Like, I'm surprised <laughs> I know that theme tune. But. <laughs> I don't even know if I got that right. Uh, it might be men or man. I don't bloody know. Who cares? But anyway, so he saws it off and he starts grabbing the cables. So we, we assume he's going to disrupt the phone lines, as we said. And as we all know, a communications disruption can mean only one thing, invasion. <laughs> it's true as well. The building's been invaded. So, you know, it applies to all movies. It's not just Star Wars. Everything in Star Wars applies to all films. That's, it. that's, that's why it's so good. <laughs> that's, why it, that's why it's life, really. But yeah, then, so we get into an absolute cluster cuss of wires that he's got. He tears out here, and then that's pretty much where the action of this minute ends. It's quite a minute, considering we've had no dialogue, mm, oh. uh, except for links. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on. It's very interesting. Uh, still, he could still be looking for deodorant, because he, he could he could have went over to America thinking, oh, in Europe, links is the main deodorant. I can't get it in America. I don't know what's happening. So he's walking down the corridor. Is it links? Is it down here? Like this. <laughs> I'm, I'm maintaining the theory. You're thinking it's left. I'm thinking there's something... Maybe it's not even for him. Maybe because he was cooped up in the back of the of the van with all those other guys. He's like, oh, my God, I have to get them something. It's, 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 and plus, Christmas is coming up, you know. <laughs> so I, the audience set would be perfect. In, you know, this. That is the gift you get someone when you don't know what to get. Yeah. Although, as, as I get older, I've started liking these sort of things. I enjoy getting socks. Really? <laughs> Yeah, like now when I get socks, it's like, oh, yeah, nice one. Yeah, and j- Whereas when I was a kid and someone gave me socks, ah, god damn it. Yeah, like I, I don't mind getting like a fancy cologne because it's like, oh, yeah, that, that is nice. But socks are still just like, nah, man. Like, uh, it's, <laughs> unless, it, although there was one winter where my neighbor did buy me thermal socks and it was during the really bad winters over like a couple of years back oh. when there was like a giant freezes in the UK over the winter. And I was like, yeah. initially when I got them, I was just like, oh, yeah, oh, cheers, yeah. And then I didn't realize, like, a couple of weeks later, it's like, thank God I have these thermal socks. They've actually really come in handy. <laughs> well, that, yeah, they're always handy, socks. Mm. But yeah, that's the, that's the end of the action, though, as you say. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it's over. So, I mean, should we start talking maybe about a little bit of our history with Die Hard before we uh, head off yeah, into the good night? Well, I guess it makes sense. You wanna, do you want to go first yourself? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know fully what to say because... It's another one of these, much like uh, Batman, as I mentioned on our show, that I've kind of just always had in the house. I didn't go and see it in the in the cinemas because, oh, I'm only 31. So that would have been very strange. <laughs> still young, John. Very you're odd. still young. Just keep telling yourself you're still, still young. Still young. Still young. Oh, jeez. I wish. I wish. But much like Batman, as we mentioned in our show, this was another one I bought from a man in, well, I lived in Cyprus, and it's a man who would come around selling VHS tapes from the back of a van, right? <laughs> with, with a siren, like an ice cream van. You know, so we would drive down the street, ringing the bell, and uh, you'd run out, oh, I want to get some tapes. And he'd just have like a, like a chest full of new tapes. So I, I, I bought Die Hard off him, I would assume, when I was a kid. I don't actually know, because I was very young when I was allowed to watch this. Like, uh, not, not insulting my parents, but they, they kind of let me do what I wanted. 
Yeah. Like, I, I could watch anything. I'd watch Alien, Terminator, Predator. But I knew my limits because Robocop was too much for me because yeah. like, of the shooting at the start. And I didn't really like gory horror. I once tried to watch Children of the Corn and I couldn't sleep for about a week. <laughs> so yeah, I was a little kid, you know. I was a damn child. <laughs> to be fair, like the the Running Man really like did a number on me, and that's another it's another low well, actually I say low level Stephen King adaptation. Running Man's freaking awesome, but um, it's amazing. I, <laughs> I have one of those like you know that's um, we call it the the, the, the the mental thing where like you can you remember something that didn't really happen. Like they had that whole business of oh. uh, people all remember this. This film with Sinbad playing a, ge- a genie called Shazam yeah, was actually yeah. what they're thinking of as Kazam with Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but I, I have a memory of like being mentally scarred by Running Man because of a scene in which Arnie gets drilled into a suit. I have memories of him being like fastened down to a chair and them like literally drilling into his arms to keep him in the suit. And I've watched that film countless times since, and that scene does not exist. And I have no idea where that memory has come from. But unless we're we're still getting the edited version over here or something now. It could be. I don't, I don't know. know. So I've seen it on. I've seen it in all the. I've seen it in VHS. I've seen it in DVD. I've seen it on TV. I've seen it on Blu-ray. It's like, what, <laughs> where, where does this come from? But well, clearly, you need to watch it on torrent. No, we don't. Uh, we don't uh, condone torrent. <laughs> <laughs> but with this, I mean, I always, I always thought John McClane was really cool. Now it's it's weird that even as a child, like I, I picked up on that. Because he doesn't do anything particularly cool in like an Arnie way, as you're saying with Arnold. Because yeah. he's just a regular guy in this first one, at least. He's just a Joe Schmo. He's a regular cop. I mean, Bruce Willis thought that people liked his Jersey comedy or something, I've heard him say. But I, I don't think that's it. I mean, he's charming, but it's not all the gags. That's not yeah. what people are, are getting on, because a kid wouldn't get that. Mm. I think it's more... It's the fact that he's relatable. and the It is its relatability. It's like John McClane isn't this immense badass. It's like, it's a guy who's cool, but he's just trying to survive and he's barely yeah. doing it. Like he's just, he's just scraping by. <laughs> yeah. That's why you like him. Yeah. And there's, there's, uh, you know, there's a point to be brought up with like, um, so no, uh, you know, in reference to, again, our podcast with like the, the 89 version of Batman and the Michael Keaton version in particular. So no Sylvester Stallone said like that, the fact that Michael Keaton was cast in that film is a real sign of how the times are changing. Of like, well, you, you know, because nowadays you think like, oh, yeah, Batman's really muscular, trained within an inch of his life, you know, honed body and stuff like that. But 89 is like, no, it's a guy and he uses a suit to intimidate people. And Stallone was oh, like, wow, yeah, like yeah, it's, it's more like people aren't as interested in the buff, buff guys anymore. It's more of these average heroes who are doing, achieving insane feats. I guess John McClane, yeah. because it was the year before, so it's like, well, that's the beginning of that. It's like, absolutely, you know, he, he's not Arnie, he's not Stallone. It's uh, even though he's tied in with them, and like later on, he becomes them. Oh God, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. The, the, this McClane is like he's not particularly muscular. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if they just let him keep a bit of a beer gut. You know, it just seems like that's the kind of yeah, that's that's the level he's supposed to be at, but. Anyway, <laughs> well, I think that contributes to us watching this one countless times because the second one, I didn't watch that one so much. I mean, I don't hate it, but I don't watch it so much. The third one was a huge influence on me, though, because that was that was like reinventing Die Hard, wasn't it? It was taking that character in a new and uh, putting him in a new place. 
but he's still got a lot of flaws. I mean, he's a drunk at the start oh, of that yeah, one. Yeah. And that's what you like about him. You want him to be like that. That's a... um, and the fourth one's kind of okay. We won't ever mention the fifth yeah, one. No, no. <laughs> so, fifth one? What are you talking about? <laughs> there's, there's a fifth one, believe it or not. Actually, my, my um, friend Charlie, he hated the second one so much, he paid extra to buy all the DVDs separately rather than to buy the box set and have the second one included. He <laughs> so was like, he paid like £10 more. He's like, I don't want that one here. Get it out of my house. So like, I'm not a big fan of the second one, but it's like, it's, it's all right. It's watchable. Like if, if you look at the two of them back to back, you say like, whoo, there's been a drastic drop in quality here. But like, it's still, <laughs> it's much like the fourth one. Because the fourth one, if that wasn't a diehard film, if that was like just some other Bruce Willis action film, It'd be all right. It'd be, yeah, it's, it's, oh, it'd be awesome. Yeah, it's yeah you'd think this is cool. But it's just because it's, it's got that name affiliation. And you're like, well, you need to be, you need to pull your socks up here, buddy. Like, it's, it's like you're, you're a diehard film. You're not some friggin' 16 blocks. Come on, you know? <laughs> this ain't uh, Hudson Hawk. Come on, get, get your act together, kid. <laughs> Goddamn. Well, um, I mean, have you got any history with the movie in particular that you haven't uh, mentioned? Well, the thing is, I, I actually came to this film would say a bit later than some of the things that like, much like yourself like i would have grown up with things like you know terminator and predator and things like that then they're sort of omnipresent throughout my life whereas like i don't remember the first time i saw them they were just always there but i do remember the first die hard in a in a way because it was slightly later i think it was about 13 12 or 13 when i first saw it and it was because like i'm from a, a small town in in ireland and you know, back what? Yeah, shockingly. <laughs> and back then, like we, you know, nowadays, where like again, everything's omnipresent. Like you can, if you want Die Hard, it'll probably be on one of the multitude of TV channels you have, or you can get a DVD of it for next to nothing, and you can find it anywhere. But in in my hometown, it's like they had the city, which was fourteen miles away, and then there wasn't a lot of selection there. And then in the in the actual town itself, you had the video shop, which was you get oh, the rentals going back a few. Uh... Years yeah, there. and you'd have a couple of dusty old ones, a couple of classics, but Die Hard wasn't in them. For some reason, the Die Hard cassette wasn't there. Oh. And if it wasn't on TV, you just didn't get seen it. So then, yeah, years have passed, and I remember, because I used to read Empire Magazine loads, and I remember they had a little booklet one time, which was 100 videos you must own. And they had a little feature that Die Hard was one of them. And I remember looking at that, but like, this film looks great. And they kept talking about how awesome it was. I was like, I bet, I bet it is. I bet this is really great. And then I actually saw Die Hard with a Vengeance first because... Well, that's not a bad one to come in with. No, 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 no. It, it's, a, it's a good movie. But there was that kind of... Um, like, I knew vaguely what was supposed to have happened in Die Hard from reading about it through Empire Magazine and stuff. There's the bit where, like, you know, they're in the they're in the car with the FBI and they're going on about, like, oh, yeah, that thing in the building in L.A. And it has that little shot of Hans falling. And I was like, what, what, nah, what, yeah. what, 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 what? <laughs> it was a big thing. That I remember, like, a couple of years after that, like, ITV did, like, this coming this season, these new films we have to show. And they showed McLean going, welcome to the party, pal. And I was like, oh, Die Hard's going to be on. Finally, I'm going to get seeing this thing. Hey. Ages passed. And this just wouldn't put it on. And then it was one Christmas on Irish TV on Network 2. I finally got, I got it taped, and I watched it about 50 times in a week. <laughs> and it was one of those things that have you know, been built up so much. I'm like, this thing's going to be great. 
And it actually was. I was like, holy, oh, this actually this delivered. This completely delivered on the promise of how good I thought it was that going to be. That is rare. Yeah. Because yeah. usually, if even if something is good, if it's built up that much, the first view in, I'm like, eh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think maybe because I was still a kid. Like, maybe if it happened now, I'd be like, well, I don't get this. You know, like, I finally watch, sit down and watch, like, <laughs> hey, I've never seen, you know, Kramer versus Kramer. And then I'll sit down and be like, this is all right, you know. <laughs> Although I did just watch. I have never seen it. Actually, actually it is very, I don't know why I use that as an example. It's actually very good. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, as a kid, though, you're just like, oh, this is, this is fantastic. Which is, you know, a couple of years like later, you uh, sometimes you're, the tide can turn. But thankfully... Die Hard is that good a film that it stands. Like it's, it's still, it was great then when I finally got watching it, and it still is, still a great film. So I'm very happy that we're both here to talk about it for the next, for the remainder of the week. So yeah, I mean that does it for minute twenty one of Die Hard minutes, but we will be back. Mm. Four more times. So if you're sick of us already, I'd just wait it yeah, out. I, imagine you know, some people. We're not going to be around for that just long. Just making a little note going, don't listen to minutes 22, 23, 24. <laughs> if you want some bumbling amateurs on your show, then uh, we're the guys to call. <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, if you did actually like listening to us for whatever reason, you can check out our podcast, Batman 89 uh, And you can you know find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those. And for Die Hard Minute, you can tweet at Die Hard Minute, who'd have thunk it? Uh, and there's also the Facebook group, the Die Hard with a Podcast Listener's Limo. That's a mouthful. <laughs> and there's the, the big site, diehardminute.com. If you'd like to catch up on other Movies by Minute podcasts, you can also visit moviesbyminute.com for more information. And join us again tomorrow when we will be back for Minute 22 of Die Hard Minute. Yippee-ki-yay, mother fudges. Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. I hit your heart on Channel 5. <laughs>